Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. So glad you are here. Wow, it's been a minute, but we are back, y'all. If you keep up with the YouTube page, you saw we did a quick, rapid reaction last night following the third, technically the third and final debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Man, was it exciting, and do we have a lot to talk about. Last night's video, podcast, whatever you want to call it, was really just geared towards talking to you guys and seeing what your reaction was, because I needed... I needed about 12 hours to get everything together that I needed so I could appropriately lay out what happened last night. Now, you guys watched it. You know what happened last night. I don't have to necessarily explain it to you, but I do want to break down a few things. We saw last night a lot of signs that are leading us to the results of this election. Last night told us a lot about what's going to happen on November 3rd. So what we're going to do, we're going to walk through some of the portions of the uh, of the debate, some reaction from people across the country and as well the media, and then just kind of assess it all in one nice little package that only Andrew McLean can put together for you. Also, we need to talk about what happened before the debate when there was a special guest holding a press conference laying out all the information pertaining to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the laptops, the corruption that would be going on with a Joe Biden administration. That is a story that runs deep and should concern every single American. If you're not concerned about it, if you heard the story and are not even willing to look into it, I'm not saying believe it. I'm just saying simply look into it. If you refuse to look into it, you are a dishonest person. And you have no business even keeping up with politics and probably even casting a vote. Do you have a right to cast a vote? Of course you do. Should you cast a vote? Probably not in my opinion. So, let's get to it. Y'all ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Last night's debate was one for the ages. It was one of learning from your mistakes. It was one of control, self-control. It was one of patience. It was one of precise surgical, precise techniques by the president and i think he did a fabulous job all the things he was criticized for in the first debate he fixed in the second debate and for a lot of people it was undeniable the difference between these two politicians because they are leaps and bounds apart nobody and i mean nobody says over the past 50 years, things have been consistently great. Nobody. Everybody's got something to complain about. And there's only one of these candidates that have been there for those past 50 years. There's only one person that has a track record during that time period. And you know who that is. 
That's where Joe Biden's starting this race. And it's starting to catch up with him. We'll get into that in a minute, though. First off, the theme, I guess you could say it was a theme that the president had, that Joe Biden had been in politics for so long. All the things that's, that are wrong with this country, all the things that both candidates say they're going to fix, the president, Donald Trump, just wants to know, since Joe's been there this whole time, why hasn't he fixed it? Because Joe just, he hasn't been some congressional staffer this whole time. He hasn't been an intern. He's been in some of the highest positions in government. Yet, none of these problems ever got fixed. It's a simple question. Joe Biden was forced to answer that last night. <laughs> Something he didn't want to answer because there is no answer for it. But here was that interaction between Joe Biden and the president during last night's debate. Take a listen to this. But why didn't he do it four years ago? Why didn't you do that four years ago, even less than that? Why didn't you I do am it? You were vice president. You keep talking about all these things you're going to do and you're going to do this. But you were there just a short time ago and you guys did nothing. We did. You know, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. I would have never run. I ran because of you. I'm looking at you now. You're a politician. I ran because of you. That may have been the line of the night as well. That Donald J. Trump gave up his lavish lifestyle, a life of fame and fortune and, and really anything he could have possibly wanted because he was sick and tired of watching people like Joe Biden run this country into the dirt. People like Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Nancy and Chuck, and even Republicans run this country into the dirt. So he said, you know what? I know if I get into politics, at least half of the country is going to hate me. Most of the country likes me now. I'm a pretty well-liked guy across the world. But if I get into politics, I'm going to make a lot of enemies, especially the people in the swamp in Washington, D.C., because he knows them well. But I love this country so much that I am willing to do just that. Give up all the things I have right now, the fantastic life I have. And Donald Trump is no spring chicken. He's giving up that lavish lifestyle in his few years that he has left on this earth. Now, granted, Donald Trump is probably going to live longer than most people because you see the energy he's got. <laughs> this stamina he's got at 70-something years old is insane. But say Donald Trump has got another 30 years left on this earth. You want to enjoy those last 30 years, but instead... He made this sacrifice for this country, for the people of this country. It is one of the most selfless things. And you always hear that Donald Trump is the most selfish person on the planet. This is one of the most selfless things anyone could do. And it's right in front of you. And so many people, so many people can't see it. Now, at times during last night's debate, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. For Donald Trump, he's a master at this stuff, but sometimes it's just too easy. 
for instance, pitting Joe in situations where he had to go far left during the Democrat debates, and now he's trying to move back towards the center, like issues of uh, fracking and environmental issues, if you will. The fracking issue is very important to middle America. It's very important to uh, Pennsylvania, his alleged home state. It's, it's very important to some, some very important electoral states. And it's really important to the, the, the country's economy as a whole. But during the primaries, Joe Biden had to say, no, nah, it's too much pollution. We got to get rid of all of it. But now he's having to come back and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not banning fracking. That's insane. That would kill the economy. That would cost so many jobs. So the president pressed him on that. Joe, you said you were going to ban fracking. Tell that to the American people. Joe Biden, oh, I never said that. <laughs> and at that moment, and I know a lot of you guys thought the same thing. You're like, oh, man, Joe Biden's really going to act like he never said that? He tells Donald Trump, if he said that, then post the video. And Donald Trump said, okay, I'll do that. So once the debate was over, what do you think Donald Trump did? He went and posted the video. (laughs) This is from last night, Joe asking that question, followed by Joe talking about fracking just a few short months ago. Never said I oppose fracking. You said it on tape. I did show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. on. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping the pipeline infrastructure? No new fracking. You got to transition away from it. Look, you're going to ban fracking all across America right now, right? I would love to. Yeah, I'd love to, too. I'd love to make sure we don't use any oil or gas, period. Look at my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuels. We're not going to get rid of fossil fuels. Those are some bold, bold statements from 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 uh, Vice President Biden. But all on the campaign trail while running as a Democrat. Now, common sense would tell you, find somewhere in the middle where you can go one way or another once you're speaking to the entire country. Because during that time... Joe Biden wasn't speaking to the entire country. He was only speaking to Democrats. And for some reason, Democrats have this thing in their head where they have to appeal to the smallest of minorities, whether that's in the country or within their own party. For some reason, they feel like it is so necessary to have those people. And it's not. Because that group of people is not near as large as they seem. They just happen to be really loud. So maybe the Democrats are just fooled and they think because it's such a loud group that they're a lot bigger than they are. It's like a a school of fish. You know, they all swim together. So when a big fish comes and the big fish see all the small fish, it actually looks like another big fish so they don't mess with it. Maybe that's the mentality. But Democrats are notorious for pandering to these groups that are never going to get them elected. That's what put Joe in this position. The Trump war room on Twitter put together another video 
uh, kind of the same thing, but it threw a few different clips in there of Joe saying yet again, we're going to get rid of fracking. Listen to this one right here. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. No more, no new fracking. I'd gradually move away from fracking. And I think it's critically important on day one that we end any fossil fuel leases on public lands. Uh, oh, well, like, what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. pipeline infrastructure? They want to do the same thing I want to do. They want to phase out fossil fuels, and we're going to phase out fossil fuels. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. Over and over and over again. To, uh, to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden saying we will ban fracking. Not we might do it. Not we might find a different way to do it and do it less. Not do it as much and maybe mix it with some renewable energy. No, we are going to outright ban fracking over and over again. And then Joe Biden had the audacity to say live during the debate, I never said that. Trump said, we got the tapes. What are you talking about? We just posted it yesterday. We'll post the tapes. You know, Joe Biden gets in this whole thing where he gets hot under the collar and gets angry. Well, they post the tapes. Well, they're all over the place today. And what's Joe Biden got to say about it? I was amazed. Obviously, I watched the opposition last night after the debate, and I was watching CNN, and Anderson Cooper was on there with, with their... Uh, <laughs> They've got this little nerdy guy. His name is uh, uh, Daniel Dale, okay? And Daniel Dale's job at CNN is to basically fact-check everything that Trump says. If you follow his Twitter, every tweet is, the president said X, Y, and Z, and technically that's not true because he, you know, mispronounced a word or whatever. You know, it's just really stupid, trivial stuff. But Daniel Dale was on with Anderson Cooper last night and was forced to admit, because of this fracking stuff, that the president was actually telling the truth and Joe Biden was the one that was lying. I was in shock. I mean, I, I, I knew it was undeniable, but I thought at least CNN would try to ignore the issue and just not bring it up at all. But sure enough, Anderson Cooper and Daniel Dale. Pre <clears throat> Excuse me. President Trump once again went after Joe Biden on the issue of, of fracking to extract oil and gas. Let's listen. It's all a pipe dream. But you know what we'll do? We're going to have the greatest economy in the world. But if you want to kill the All economy, right. get rid of your oil industry. You want and, and what about fracking? All right. Now, let me, now let me, have, let me allow fracking. Vice President I Biden to respond. I never said I oppose fracking. You said it I, on tape. I did. Show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on the website. The fact of the matter is Show he's flat lying. Daniel, he then later on added that he had uh, called for an end to fracking on federal land. Yeah. So in, in this case, Trump is correct. Biden did make anti-fracking comments during the Democratic primary in 2019 and 2020. And Trump was not lying. Listen, for example, to something he said in 2019. Well, in this case, Trump was not lying for the first time ever. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Just to clarify, would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those, either any fossil fuel. 
So Biden did not say the words, I oppose fracking there, but he clearly was at least very strongly suggesting that he was an opponent. <laughs> he did not say the words technically, but he is an opponent. CNN couldn't even deny it. They had to utter the words that the president actually told the truth. And it sucks. They didn't want to do that because they tried every way possible to dance around this entire thing of Trump laying the smack down on Joe Biden last night and they couldn't do it. They took a few cheap shots. If you follow my social media, you saw I was watching uh, uh, Jake Tapper and he suggested, hey, Joe Biden's not the best candidate, but neither is Donald Trump. You know, it's not like Donald Trump's someone like Mitt Romney. <laughs> it almost fell out in the floor. They say Mitt Romney is a much stronger candidate than Donald Trump. Man, these guys are going to have a really, really bad day come November 4th. It's, it's going to be the meltdown of the century, and I've been telling you guys that for a long time. One more thing from last night's debate I want to show you. This is probably my favorite moment where Joe Biden takes his cell phone and, and plays something on the mic on the debate stage. I just have one thing to say. Trump 2020, Trump 2020, let's go. Trump 2020, Trump 2020, I'm voting Trump 2020, Trump 2020, yeah. Trump 2020, Trump 2020. Okay, that wasn't real. I was just playing. <laughs> I saw Katrina Pearson post that. That was hilarious to me. Uh, you can find that. If you want that video, that's on my Twitter feed, at Andrew McLean Who. So, those are some of the, the, the sticking points in what happened uh, in last night's debate. But one of the more interesting things, and really I think what people are concerned about, is how this is going to affect the election. How is this going to affect people's votes? So I thought it was important to not just watch the talking heads on CNN and MSNBC and even Fox News. I need to see what actual people are saying. And you can scour through Twitter or whatever, but it's kind of a cesspool a good way to gauge the pulse of people to get their rapid reaction is to watch things like these these call-in shows on on C-SPAN or if you've got you know a, a radio show that you know of that that comes on late at night that takes phone calls you you want to listen to that kind of stuff to see what people are saying because a lot of times they'll be talking to people that are middle of the road people that are undecided and those are the people that are going to decide this election not the people that have already picked. It's the people who haven't voted and are not decided. So on C-SPAN last night, they were taking calls. And there was one lady that called in. Uh, her name, uh, well, I think this was a guy a, a guy from Maine. And he was leaning towards Joe Biden. But after watching the debate, he said, this is how he feels about the race now. You know, Pedro, I went in leaning toward Joe Biden. I'm really leaning toward Donald Trump right now. He keeps bringing up, uh, you know, I'm Joe from Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania. And then he turns around at the beginning of the show. He says, I'm, a, I'm, I'm for fracking. And then at the very end of the debate, he says, I'm going to get rid of uh, fracking and we're going to get rid of oil. You can't just, he said with, by 2025, we're going to be... Independent of oil? That's impossible. So were you, I mean, were, when, when it comes to then, to, you're saying being undecided, were you, were you clearly that up until last night, or were you giving both gentlemen a shot as far as who's going to get your support? Totally for Donald Trump. 
Now, this is something that I, I think gets lost on a lot of people because when we watch social media or we watch even family members and friends argue about politics on Facebook, we assume everything is so polarized and that every single person in this country is dead set in their tracks and has decided 100% who they're going to vote for and nothing you say can change their mind. No, no, no amount of bombshell stories, laptops, child porn, or crack pipes are going to change their mind. Nothing. But there are so many people out there that are like this voter in Maine who are middle of the road, and they're just waiting on that one moment to help them decide who they're going to cast their ballot for. You saw in real time this guy say, the fracking's doing it for me. Something's not right because Joe Biden said two different things during this debate. So no matter what he says tomorrow or the next day or the next day about what his answer is to that particular question, how am I supposed to believe him? Because he can't stick to his story just in a matter of 90 minutes. So what's going to happen when he's elected? It's the same thing with this packing of the Supreme Court. Joe Biden refuses to answer that question. Voters don't like that. Voters are not going to vote for you if you're telling them they'll get the answer to what they want to know after the election. It doesn't happen like that. There was another voter in Florida. This is Trisha. And she said she is now, I, I guess she was middle of the road, but she's now leaning towards President Trump just because Joe Biden seems to be off his rocker for the most part. What really scares me, and I'm kind of more leaning towards Trump now, is the fact that Joe doesn't seem like he has it together. And I'm just afraid that Kamala Harris will be in charge before you know it. Yeah. That is another concern of a lot of people in this country. And, and this is something I've talked about time and time again, and it's not, you know, it, it's just as important as anything else. It's not about being a woman. It's not even about being a leftist. But there is something about a person's characteristics, uh, about their mannerisms that will turn a person off and make them say, I don't trust you. You can carry yourself and act a certain way that causes people not to trust you. Kamala Harris did that during the debate with Mike Pence. She came off very untrustworthy, very snarky, very uh, very snobby, very Hillary Clinton-esque. She was Hillary Clinton 2.0 in that debate with Mike Pence. Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Pence, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. She came off as a total Karen. And people don't want that. And so when you put off those kind of vibes to people, and they watch Joe Biden struggling to string, string a sentence together, they know there's a good chance that Kamala Harris that nobody likes is going to take over. And Kamala Harris is not backing away from any of her extremist views. She stands by all of them. Joe Biden has those same extremist views. He just happens to go back and forth depending on what state he's in or what debate stage he's on. This stuff is coming out. And, and, and this has this has nothing to do with even the corruption. This is all policy stuff. And they can't even get it together. 
But the media across the board was forced to admit last night that Donald Trump did a bang-up job. He used incredible restraint, professionalism, and got his point across. ABC News, John Carl, no fan of the president, had to admit that Donald Trump had an amazing night. Last night's debate. Donald Trump was much more disciplined. He wasn't doing all the interruptions. He actually had a theme at times. The theme that Joe Biden is a politician. When Biden would come up with something, why didn't you do it when you were in power? 47 years, why didn't you do it? So much more disciplined, Donald Trump. Donald Trump now, that's one point that a lot of people are going to be asking. And it's, it's, a, it's a very simple point. It's one everybody can get. You don't have to be deep into politics to understand this. And this is what I tell people. I talk to random people every single day. And I talk to a lot of those random people about politics. And no matter their level of knowledge about what's going on in politics or, or what's going on in the news or whatever, one thing I can always say to them that clicks is you've got one guy that's been there for 50 years. Another guy that's been there for three and a half which has been worse, the last three and a half or the last 50? And the answer is the same every single time. If you pack and jump the last 50 years, it's far worse than the past three and a half. And that's even considering the past few months of the pandemic. It's an easy choice. I mean, you're talking about back to 50 years where we still had racism rampant in this country. That's Joe Biden's America. Somebody also made a point on Facebook. I, I commented that Joe Biden was the most racist presidential candidate in modern history. And somebody commented and said, nah, well, I, I agree that Joe Biden's a racist, but uh, he, he's not... He's not as bad of a candidate as George Wallace was. And George Wallace was one of the most racist people to reach that level in politics. But the difference between Joe Biden and George Wallace, George Wallace didn't lie to black Americans about his racism. George Wallace didn't try to tell black Americans one thing and then get elected and then stab them in the back. Joe Biden does do that. Joe Biden bamboozles black America, and then once he gains power, he then stabs black America in the back. That's his intentions this time as well. You can bank on that. Just like a guy, and I don't know this guy, Sean Shoemake, he was doing some sort of uh, Zoom uh, debate wrap-up show. Y'all probably know more about him than I do, but I just came across his video on PBS NewsHour, and he made that exact same point. He's like, listen, we, we are concerned, we as black people are concerned about systematic racism. How can you tell me the guy that's been in there for 47 years is not a part of that? You're telling me that systematic racism that's embedded in our politics, in our culture, in this country, and the guy that's been there through all of it, you're telling me, he has nothing to do with it? Give me a break.
But if, if, if we're talking about systematic oppression or systematic racism, you can't tell me that the guy that's been there a half a century is not part of that. And now you're telling me that you can't, you have to vote for this guy? Man, please. Man, please. Telling me I've got to vote for this guy? And that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem that a lot of black Americans have with Joe Biden and the Democrats in general. And that is, why are you guys telling us we have to vote for somebody? Well, I'll tell you why. It's the same reason they said it the past four years, or the four years before that, or the four years before that, because Democrats feel like they own black people. They do. And it's one of the most racist things I can think of in politics, to say, we own you because of the color of your skin. We own your vote. You don't get to have a mind of your own. You don't get to pick your own candidate. And if you do, if you walk off our plantation, you will be public enemy number one. And we will take you out. There's tens of thousands of Americans that can attest to that. And again, I've said it over and over the past few weeks, and really I've said it for months. Donald Trump will garner more black votes on November 3rd than any Republican in history. There is no doubt about it. Just to wrap this thing up, I can't get out of here without mentioning this. But Tony Bobolinsky, you've been hearing all about this guy for the past 24, 48 hours. Now, who is Tony Bobolinsky? Tony Bobolinsky is a Former business partner of Hunter Biden, really close with the Biden family, involved in business deals with China and other countries. He announced two days ago, that's Wednesday, October 21st, that the former vice president, Joe Biden, is a willing participant in a family plan to earn millions of dollars by gathering, uh, by partnering with a dubious Chinese communist firm. It goes on to say the Navy veteran said he was the CEO of a holding company partnership between the Bidens and the Chinese firm, including Hunter, Joe, and Joe's brother Jim. Bobolinsky told the New York Post that the firm is not working for money, but for political or influence investment. He said, I saw Vice President Biden say he never spoke to Hunter about business. I saw firsthand that this was not true because it wasn't just Hunter's job. They said they were putting out the name and legacy of the Biden family. This guy works directly with them. And he basically says, here's the deal. For the sake of me, my good name, my family, my businesses, I can't let all this be swept under the rug. I've got to let you know the things I saw, the corruption I saw, because if this guy becomes president, he is going to sacrifice this country, this country's security, and this country's place in the world for power and money. It's not just a Hunter Biden problem. It is a Joe Biden problem. Here's the press conference yesterday that he held just an hour or two before the presidential debates. Listen to what he had to say about this entire situation. I'm making the statement 
to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family, Vice President Biden, his brother Jim Biden, and his son Hunter Biden in dealings with the Chinese. I have heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. I have also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. And the American people can judge for themselves. I brought, I guess, for record, three phones that spanned the years 2015 through 2018. These phones have never been held by anybody else besides myself. I was told this past Sunday by somebody who was also involved in this matter that if I went public this information, it'd be, it would bury all of us, man, the Bidens included. I have no wish to bury anyone. I've never been political. The few contributions I have made have been to Democrats. But what I am is a patriot and a veteran. To protect my family name and my business reputation, I need to ensure that the true facts are out there. In late 2015, I was approached by James Gillier, whom I had known for many years, about joining him in a deal which he said would involve the Chinese state-owned enterprise, CEFC China, Energy, and what he called one of the most prominent families in the United States. I was informed first by Gillier, and then by Hunter Biden, and by Rob Walker, who was working with the Bidens, that the Bidens wanted to form a new entity with CFC, which was to invest in infrastructure, real estate, and technology in the US and around the world. And the entity would initially be capitalized with $10 million and then grow to billions of dollars of investment capital. After months of discussion, I agreed at Gillier and Hunter Biden's request to become CEO of the entity to be called Sinohawk. Sino representing the Chinese side, Hawk representing Hunter Biden's brother Bo's favorite animal. And between February and May 2017, we exchanged numerous emails, documents, and WhatsApp messages concerning Sinohawk and its potential business. On May 2nd, 2017, the night before Joe Biden was to appear at the Milken Conference, I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, and at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe, that night we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. After that meeting, I had numerous communications with Hunter, Walker, Gillier, and Jim Biden regarding the allocation of the equity ownership of Sinohawk. On May 13, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden and Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy 
or my chairman. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. In fact, I was advised by Gillian and Walker that Hunter and Jim Biden were paranoid about keeping Joe Biden's involvement secret. I also had a disagreement with Hunter about the funds CFC was contributing to Sinohawk. Hunter wanted five million of those funds to go to himself and his family. So he wanted the funds wired directly to an entity affiliated with him. I objected because that was contrary to our written agreements concerning Sinohawk. He said, referring to the chairman, his father, that CFC was really investing in the Biden family, that he held the Trump card, and that he was the one putting his family legacy on the line. He also said to me on May 17, 2017, that CFC wanted to be my partner, to be partner with the Bidens. During these negotiations, I repeated to Hunter and others that Sinohawk could not be Hunter's personal piggy bank. And I demanded that proper corporate governance procedures be implemented for capital distributions. Hunter became very upset with me. CFC through, two, through July 2017 was assuring me the funds would be transferred to Sinohawk, but they were never sent to our company. Instead, I found out from Senator Johnson's September report that the $5 million was sent in August 2017 to entities affiliated with Hunter. Tomorrow, I will be meeting with the Senate committee members concerning this matter, and I will be providing to the FBI the devices which contain the evidence corroborating what I have said. So I will not be taking any questions at this time. Do you have any evidence that you will be taking questions? I will not be taking questions at this time. We're going to ask them anyway. Can you tell us a little bit more about this evidence that you're giving to the FBI? The evidence sits on these three phones. I don't want to go into anything any further. Uh, this will all be discussed with uh, Senator Johnson and his committee, and the American people can decide who, what's fact. Who paid for you to be here? Who paid for your expenses to be here? And these reporters can't stand it. Who paid for you to be here? Listen to the details that this guy gave. The detail of these business transactions, the details of this business dealing, and the dirty, corrupt using the office to enrich themselves with foreign communist countries, countries that are our enemies, putting our national security at risk. The Bidens live a lavish lifestyle. The president pointed this out last night. They live an absolutely lavish lifestyle. But according to their tax returns, according to the positions they've held, they shouldn't have multiple houses, multi, multiple multi-million dollar homes. They shouldn't be living this lifestyle, but they do because the corruption runs deep and they're constantly stuffing their pockets. Hunter Biden is a scumbag. That's undisputed. Everybody knows that. So to piece together that he is capable of this, Shouldn't be hard to, 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 to come up with in your head. But this is deep. So today, October 23rd, 2020, he's meeting with Congress to show them what he has, handing this evidence over to the FBI, which I'm weary of because we know the FBI at this point 
took the Hunter Biden laptop and sat on it for a year and didn't do anything. And we know there's some criminal, criminal stuff on there. But at least it's getting in the hands of people that will hold, hold others accountable, especially those in the FBI. It's out in the public. Now let's make a move. This is beyond the, the, the political campaign. This is about justice. This is about what the left preaches all the time. No one is above the law. It's time to put that into practice. Let's do it. That's it. I'm out of here. Thank you guys for listening, watching, whatever you're doing. Make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you're watching here, down here somewhere, subscribe button. Hit that. Hit the notification bell. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform, you can subscribe there as well and get notified every time there's a new show. We'll be back next time. See you, Cole.